Ayo, welcome to the Make a Moves of Map podcast, hosted by your boy Matt, a young buck on a mission to visit every country in the world. I am currently 45 countries deep, subject to change, but whatever. Come listen as I talk to some really awesome and inspiring people about all things Make a Moves. Welcome, let's get it. All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Make and Moves podcast. It's your boy Matt here. We got a fun episode ahead of us. So with whom do I have the pleasure of speaking to today? Uh, my name is Evelina, and I live in South Korea, but originally I'm from Pakistan. Awesome. So thank you so much for coming on my show. I know it has been very difficult. Um, we have tried to record um, how many days? Two days now? Oh, my God. Like, honestly, we've been planning it for months. But yes, intentionally, it's been a few days when we had some sort of issues. Yeah. So what kind of issues have we had? It's been very stressful, I will say. What, what kind of issues have we been dealing with? Yeah, it's just for some reason, I could hear you, you couldn't hear me. And I tried three sets of headphones. And for some reason, it's just they don't work but you know what here we are um like you said it's been months of planning and um two days of technical difficulties but here we are right right so yeah let's go into this so i don't know if you know this but so english is not your first language correct correct yes it's my third language actually oh my god we have a lot to talk about. So you are my first non-native English speaker. So you should be proud that you have made it onto my podcast, eh? Awesome. <laughs> Let's go into this. So you are in Korea right now. Right. What are you doing there? And how long have you been there? Uh, so it's my year, year six in South Korea. And um, at first I came here... Just to visit my mom, she she's been living here for ten years, and uh, while I was studying at university, she always was inviting me just to show me how it is and to see if I like it. And the first time I came here, I think in two thousand fifteen for my summer vacation, and I stayed in Korea for I believe two three weeks, and it's been awesome. But then I left back. Kyrgyzstan actually at that time I lived in Kyrgyzstan yeah and then in 2016 I came here again in summertime it was amazing the time of my life and yes next time um I think in 2016 it it was it was great but for some reason I probably just I stayed here longer for probably two months so I think I started missing my friends and uh, just, you know, felt homesick. <laughs> and uh, when I left, when I left Korea at that time, I, w I felt really happy. So uh, for the next two years, I didn't come here. And when I graduated, my mom said, like, how about you just come here and live for a bit to see if you like it? And I was like, okay, like. I just graduated. I don't know what I want to do. So I came here and here I am. Still here. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It doesn't feel like six years. But yeah, it's been an adventure for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. So 
I want to talk about your background and everything, but first, yeah, you say you've been there for six years. It's gone by fast. Right. So what is it that has kept you there? The food, the people, the culture, everything? Or is it one thing in particular? Uh, during the six years, my relationship with South Korea, it's always something between love and hate. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me why. Yeah. Uh, so my first couple years, I studied here at university. I went to study Korean language and um, uh, it, it's, been, it's been fun, but it was hard at the same time because, uh, as you know, you live here, Korean lifestyle is, can be pretty intense <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, it, it's just been quite stressful so sometimes i felt like oh i can't i can't stay here any longer the culture is so different but i guess i just got used to it so uh after that when i met lots of friends from different countries it it's been pretty exciting i was uh, I was pretty happy to be here i think it took me probably two years to fully Start liking and loving Korea. Food is amazing, by the way. Food is great. Can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about Korean language. I have to ask, how many languages do you speak then? So my native language is Russian. I can speak Uzbek because uh, in Uzbekistan we have two official languages, which is Russian and Uzbek, and I speak both. Uh, because when I just started my, I went to Uzbek class. <laughs> that, that's how I learned it. But I studied there for only one year. Uh, it, uh, it was enough okay. to become fluent. Yes. And then I can speak English, I can speak Korean. I'm not fluent in Korean, but... Uh, for daily life, it's enough. I can easily go to the hospital or like to the store, explain what do I need, but not something super complicated. Okay, so the essentials, yeah. Yes, and I also can understand some Kyrgyz language because I lived there for five years, and um, I can't say that I can speak it, but I can understand it when I hear it. And maybe some Turkish because it's actually quite similar to Uzbek language. I can I can catch some words or phrases. Interesting. So okay, so Russian is your first language. Your second strongest right. is what English or Uzbek? Uh, it used to be Uzbek, but I feel like these days it's more English because I don't practice Uzbek as much as I wish, but. I think if I will practice it, I I will remember it pretty easily. So for now, it's English, but it might change depends on how often, of <laughs> how course. often I practice it. Wow! So that's that's many languages. Um, so I want to go back into your upbringing. You know, you were raised in Uzbekistan, correct? Right. Okay. Yes. I'm very fascinated about this part of the world. So I want to hear everything about this country and your time in Kyrgyzstan. So let's talk about Uzbekistan. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? 
Sure. Uh, I was born in uh, the city called Andergen, which is located about four or five hours from Tashkent. Uh, Tashkent is the capital of Uzbekistan. And um, I would say it's a pretty large city because the population of the of that area, not just city, but also surrounding, like if we'll take the whole area, and the general area is around 2 million people, so it's like pretty large city. And it's actually on the border with Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, the city located in the south. And uh, yeah, so it's basically near the border with Kyrgyzstan. It's probably two hours. I believe maybe last. And um, I lived until I was 15. And then I moved to Kyrgyzstan to study at university there. Like first two years, I was just living there and enjoying. I, I love Kyrgyzstan. I, I lived in Bishkek. It's such, a, such an amazing city. Like I had, I had the best time there. Okay. So, so many questions yeah. here because so many cool places. Right. So Let's paint a picture for the listeners. Where is Uzbekistan? Like, what, what, what is near it? What is it bored? Like, where, what part of the world is this? Right. So, Uzbekistan is located in Central Asia. Uh, Central Asia, I would say, is very different Asian from people normally used to see or imagine when they hear about Asia. And, uh, yeah, we live different we uh, our food is different from for example such asian countries as korea or japan or um, ireland vietnam it's like it's it's really different type of japan i i think central asia is very interesting because um it's like a really interesting mix of cultures something some some mix between i would say middle east and asia because historically so many things were going on were, were going on there so it it's an amazing place like i love it yeah okay so i just really want to talk all about this so in uzbekistan you were there until you were 15 correct right yeah. okay so when you say that your first language is russian is is Russian the majority of the speakers in Uzbekistan or is Uzbek and you are part of a minority? W what's the language, you know, the, who's, what is the most commonly spoken language? Uzbek? Uh, so the majority uh, of people speak Uzbek uh, in the past, historically, when uh, USSR still existed before, uh, before 1991. Uh, the main language was Russian because of the just influence. But then after the USSR collapsed, uh, lots of things were going on. It were like really dark times in history. So basically lots of people, they actually left the country. Some people uh, went back to Russia. Some people went to Ukraine. Some people went to Israel because... Um, Uzbekistan uh, was known as one of the most multicultural, just, I think most of Central Asian countries uh, were very multicultural in the past. So Russian, I think it was 
a common language, but later it shifted. So, especially these days, people are quite sensitive about this topic. So, um, yes, I would say these days I would be like part of minority. Okay, so in your schooling, though, it was in you went to because I remember you saying earlier you you took some class Uzbek, but right, like growing up school and everything was in russian uh so you actually uh you you can choose for example we would have four or five classes that have education fully in uzbek language and we would have one or two classes that uh teach fully in russian but we still have uzbek language as a part of education program are there a lot of people then the uzbek speakers that don't speak any Russian, or, or most times they are bilingual with Uzbek and Russian? I would say probably older generation, they are more bilingual, but these days there are lots of people who don't speak any Russian. I would even say more that these days it's actually really interesting because you can meet lots of uh, Uzbek people who can speak two languages, but it's not Russian. It's Uzbek and English. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay, that that's interesting. So, the Uzbek language, because it does, I, I do know that it's in the family, the Turkic languages. I do know that. So, are there any overlaps with the Russian and Uzbek? Any overlap because it was part of the Soviet Union? Any like new words and stuff, or or it's completely different? That Uzbek cannot understand Russian. Russian cannot understand Uzbek. Like that? Uh, technically, Russian and Uzbek, they're like two complete different languages. However, just because both languages were like within one territory and people used both, there are some interesting new words or new expressions that were born. For example, the same as in Korea, there is such thing called as Konglish. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> when when you just take two languages and mix them, so yes, uh, I think between Uzbek and Russian languages, same relationship. So uh, there are lots of words that actually might be grammatically not correct, but if you use them, anyone can understand. Sure. Of course, I understand that. It's like Spanish, English, Spanglish. Yeah, right. Totally. Yes. Totally. Yes. So Runglish. Exactly. Yeah. So is is Uzbek written? Is it written in the Cyrillic alphabet, or what? What is it? How is it written? No, it's uh, uh, Latin. Latin. Oh, alphabet. is it? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So. In your in your where you grow grew up, what what are some things that like? What does it look like? Is there are you were you you said a city, but is it were you in the mountains? Were you in the pl the, the plains? Where where were you? Uh, I is just a regular city, uh, with like micro districts. My my city, like people say that it's pretty big, but I always felt like it's small. <laughs> Because uh, maybe because I just grew up there, that's why I had this feeling because I knew every corner I've been there and here, and it's so easy for me to commute there. But um, yes, it's just a city. We had 
we have lots of schools, universities. It's not like we had to travel for a while somewhere to like access to civilization or something like that. Like just pretty normal city, I'd say. Nothing special. Yes, nothing special, but it's also quite developed because in Uzbekistan, the government pays uh, big attention into um, into infrastructure to keep the roads and buildings very neat and uh, just pretty looking. So have you traveled all throughout Uzbekistan then? So when I was younger, I think, I was so obsessed with the idea to move somewhere. I don't know where did I get this idea, but I remember when I was in the grade one, I was always telling to my mom, when I will grow up, I'll just move somewhere. I'm not going to live there. And right now, I honestly have no idea where did I get this idea from. But (laughs) so when I was younger, you know, I was like, tried to be that cool teenager i'm like oh like i'm not really interested i'll go to usa or something like i got that. you i got you <laughs> yes because uh i grew up on like hollywood movies mtv or like different american music movie channels so i was like oh it's like so cool and uzbekistan is stuck but later i was like why haven't I ever done this? It's like, it's so cool. Like the history is so cool. And uh, those big cities are actually, they, they are so unique because some of the cities are actually 2000 years old. They are like ancient. It, it The history, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in Uzbekistan, I obviously visited Tashkent because it's the capital and that a basic thing to do. Yes, I've been to a few sur- surrounding cities around Andijan, but I've never been to Bukhara or Samarkand or Kiva, which I actually pla- still plan to do because I just have to. <laughs> yeah, it's your it's your your homeland, and I know right. what you mean. Like when you're younger, I had that period too where it's like oh this sucks i want to see the world yeah. but I, I i'm think, too cool for yeah, that <laughs> yeah i think when you get older though you you find the appreciation for where you come from and you know right. home it, it's home you know and so i agree with you so let's talk about the place you have been in uzbekistan because the places you haven't been are so high on my list like samarkand how do you say samarkand how do you say it Arkhan, correct. I yes. really want to go there. I've seen on Instagram and real. Yeah. I just, that's so high on my list. But out of the places you've been in Uzbekistan, what is the number one place that you would recommend for a tourist that you have been? The most beautiful, coolest, doesn't matter. What's that place? Right. I, I obviously, I, I think Uzbekistan is just overall like such a unique country just because. Uh, because of the history that it was a part of USSR, which means um, lots of buildings, infrastructures, they are still from USSR. Like just the design, the way our apartments are built or different buildings. But at the same time, Uzbek culture is just so different from it. And this is a really interesting and unique mix 
because when you come to Uzbekistan, you would expect to see something Asian or like some, uh, like the way even buildings build. Whenever you go to Thailand, you see like those, you know, with the Buddha temples, or you see some very um, traditional ornament, not ornaments, but um, how would you say that? Patterns. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but in Uzbekistan, whenever you come, it's like, it's really interesting. Uh, I think I had this feeling when I visited Vietnam. When you go to the country and you have some sort of expectation and then you come and you see something different and you're like, where am I? <laughs> this is not what I expected. What? Yeah. Yes. So, yes, Tashkent is obviously number one city. I think any person who visits Uzbekistan should visit it because Tashkent has so many beautiful and large mar traditional markets. And this like anyone should have this experience it's just like it's it's beautiful it's so fun to go to the market bargaining <laughs> it's so much fun i love bargaining because yeah. you know back home you can't bargain like so when i go to places right, that you right. can i just i'm a different person I, i'm not i just i change like right, oh, right. let's get aggressive <laughs> like this is a battle you know <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just, you know, I, I feel like it's it's some sort of um like how to have fun and whenever you go and you start bargaining, it's like you like when you get the price you want, you feel like more confident, like, yeah, I got it. So do you have um a piece of advice or like what's your tactic for bargaining? When they say their price, do you do half? Do you do a quarter? What they right. say? What do you do? So normally, when uh, whenever you go to the market or wherever in Uzbekistan, the place when you can where you can bargain, I'm not sure if you can bargain in the malls, but you can try. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Whenever they uh, they name you some price, but. Normally, you can try to say the health price, but I don't think it's that bad in Uzbekistan. At least like 30%. I think this is, uh, uh, if you want to reduce the price for 30%, you can start fifty, right? Okay. And then, uh, like, this is a really interesting tactic. It's always worked. So you named one price, the, per the seller starts telling you the other price, and then... Uh, you kind of bargaining, bargaining, and then you cannot get the price that you want, and the seller doesn't want you to give you for this price, and you kind of like, okay, I don't want to, like, I will just walk, <laughs> like, I will take a look, yeah, find something for cheaper, and you like pretend like you're so like disappointed or upset, you're walking away, and the seller like, okay, okay, like, you can you can have it. <laughs> This uh, this tactic all always works. Just like you know, pretend like you always can find something for cheaper. Just You're right. Walk away. We're on the same page. I was hoping you would say <laughs> that because me, like, because I was in Turkey for the year, and of course, yeah. like, I do fifty percent, and then again the walk away because then it's shown yeah. <laughs> if they really want the price that you said. You know, so if anyone's listening. 
if you're in Uzbekistan, Turkey, wherever, Vietnam, whatever, walk away, yeah. right? Walk away. Yeah. You will and get it. You just, yeah, it's it's just such a powerful move because uh, if the person is okay with the fr- with the price you are willing to pay, they will always stop you. But if they're not going to stop you, you know that this is the last price he can sell this product uh, to you. And eventually you can always come back and buy it for this price. So it's kind of you're not losing anything. You're right. You're right. So that is some good advice. Are you an aggressive bargainer, do you think? Honestly, I I hate bargaining. Do you? Like, what? You it. sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I hate it probably because I had a lot of it when I was growing up and like, Every time we would go to the market or something, we would spend so much time to just like bargain. And in Korea, it's like, I think the part I liked about Korea, most of the time, whenever you go here, you just see the price and it's like, you know, like, this is the price, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, that they are not trying to fool you and sell you like 10 bucks saying like, a cup or something for like 50 bucks you just know like this cup costs ten dollars you know this is like as much as it costs it's and yeah yeah it's funny in those countries yeah (laughs) you say like you grew up with the bargaining so going to a place that doesn't you like that we're on the opposite i grew up in a place with no bargaining so when i go bargain i think yeah you get excited You know, I get my, you know, I'm licking my lips like, oh, what what, what, what price do you yeah. got to pay? <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, it might be fun, but like, it's just sometimes, you know. Of course. Uh, in my case, whenever I, I go somewhere, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to pay this price. Like, let's just like, no games. <laughs> just give me for this price. It's I'm willing quick. to pay it. Right. It's a, it's yeah. a quick transaction. You don't want all the. Right this walking out coming back just right right right. make my money give me the product we're done yeah (laughs) right okay yeah and it's just uh in those type of places like markets you always know they they said like unrealistic prices so that's why it's like it's always something you could do for five minutes it's like it lasts for like 15 20 minutes when you turn bargaining but it's fun. Like, I think when you're on vacation and you have lots of time, yeah. it's like really fun thing to do. Yeah. And let me ask you this. I have other questions. But first, about taxis. Do the taxis yeah. in Uzbekistan have a meter or do you bargain the price before? <laughs> so, first of all, it depends on where you are. Okay. <laughs> So this is the first factor. If you are in a capital, uh, these days you can just like download some app, something similar to Uber, but it's not Uber, like some local apps. Okay. But we also have the thing called Outer Stop or like, how do you call it uh, in USA? Whenever you go on the road and you just like stop the car and you like hitchhiking bargain about the yeah so for example those people they are not for example taxis or something it's just regular people that okay. if they want to make some extra money and you guys are going in the same direction so it's like a good of a good 
option of the side gig. So this this option is normally cheaper than taxis. Really? So it's pretty common. It, like if I'm standing on the yeah. side of the road, I will probably get a car very quick. Yeah, but it's only in Tashkent. And cars would probably just like stop uh, and they will ask you, hey, where are you going? Oh, okay. It's like you don't even have to like, you know, <laughs> like it will be really quick. Probably like 10 cars will stop and like wondering where are you going? Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is only in the capital. If you're going some to some other city, which is pretty far from the capital. Yes, you have to bargain for sure. They don't have meters unless uh, that city has a taxi service like that you can use with the app or like call them. And how do you feel about those kinds of taxis where you do have to bargain? Because for me, I hate that because I don't know like what the value is. And I feel like they're right. harder to get it down, you know? And because the walking away, they know that you need them right. you know what i mean it's not like right at a store where you don't have to buy it but they know i need a car you know so it's harder to bargain yeah. and i hate that i prefer the countries with the meters and so how about you how do you feel right so uh like i obviously i don't like it like i i can i can relate i i think i felt the same way when I was traveling to Thailand and I have zero clue about the currency. I have zero clue about how far it is, how much it's going to cost. So yes, I can definitely relate. In my case, the logic I follow is the same as when you bargain in the market. At first, you're trying to just uh, negotiate for like 50% discount and you can see by their emotions because it's <laughs> Taxi drivers, they can be pretty traumatic. Yeah, they can. <laughs> uh, yes, and also the good strategy is, uh, especially when you're traveling to Central Asia, uh, the taxi drivers, they always, you know, hang out with like 10, 20 other taxi drivers. So you can just like walk and ask you know, them how much they can charge you, you know, so you'll have like a approximate idea of like how much it goes but yes always bargaining don't ever pay what they are asking you to pay this is a really bad idea yeah like okay here's a question not about Uzbekistan but in your travels what yeah. is the most expensive you paid for a taxi for like the shortest time because like me I've spent they got us in Cyprus was what, 25 euros for like a four minute ride because there's one taxi in town. So it's like, we do not want to walk the hill. So we, we have to give this man that money. You know what I mean? I was so angry. Yeah. Oh, you? How about you? Let me think. I think it was in, um, in Czech Republic when I had to, I was traveling with my mom. So we had to. And it was nighttime and we had to get from the airport to our hotel. Okay. It also was something ridiculous. Like I heard that taxis are expensive in Europe, but I did not expect that it was that expensive. How much? How much? Give and, us a price. I mean, it wasn't that bad as in your case, but um, I think it was something 
between 25 and 13 years for like 20 minute ride. But yeah. I can't give you the exact number right now. But I remember I was really surprised. I was like, what? Like, it wasn't Korea, great. I could like, I could use uh, this amount of money for like a week <laughs> to take a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> You're right though. Because in Europe it is. I would never take a taxi. I mean, okay, so I have. I mean, Turkey is good with taxis in terms of pricing. Yeah, oh Europe my god, it's so cheap. Yeah, Korea's okay. So yeah, but in the U.S., that's expensive. The taxis that I would never yeah. ever use. <laughs> Uber, okay, but taxi, no, no, no. Yeah, um, in Central Asia, it's like also really cheap. You can just like move by taxi. It's like it's super cheap it's so affordable exactly it it makes it it's a taxi friendly country then with that yes okay so before we move on to kyrgyzstan so in what what is something that you would see in uzbekistan that you you look at and you think yeah this is uzbekistan you know what i mean something unique that just yeah this is uzbekistan i don't know this is how it is <laughs> Okay, I I might sound really biased, and I hope no one will hate me for this. Uh-oh, especially uh-oh, people what's from happening? other Central Asian countries. But I personally think Uzbek cuisine is the best cuisine out of all Central Asia, because even traveling around the world, any restaurant you will see that's that's coming from Central Asia or um where it has central asian cuisine is mostly uh uzbek uzbek restaurant they have normally uzbek names those restaurants or restaurants or it's uzbek cuisine because uzbek cuisine is so delicious Paul, you probably heard about it yes so please tell us more i remember in busan an uzbek restaurant in um yeah I forget where, but it was awesome. So what are we eating in Uzbekistan? What are the top dishes? What am I getting there? So uh, number one, it's obviously plov because Uzbekistan is known for plov. It's like number one dish. is the best plov ever you can try only in Uzbekistan and probably uh, in Tashkent or um, such cities as Samarkand or Bukhara. They even have in Uzbekistan Every city has their own style of making plov, their own recipes. So even plov uh, is different in each city. So the next one I would say is Kazan kebab. It's my my favorite. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Kazan kebab is basically potato with meat. And it's just that simple that it's so delicious it's just the way they cook it it's um uh, it, it's just you taste it and like oh my god i'm loving love love yes then there are lots of soups like shorpo um what else uh skewers skewers also is a big thing in uzbek cuisine uh none oh yeah like Uz- uzbek none <laughs> yeah you you have definitely tried so this my top there are obviously lots of other variations of uh, the same dishes like for example kazan kebab there is a similar dish that called jizdiz 
It's basically potato and meat. Okay. But they just cook it in in a different way. Oh, samsa. So how could I forget about samsa? Have you tried samsa in Brisbane? What is that? I, don't, I may oh, have. Okay. Um, so in Uzbekistan, the really interesting thing that you can see is tandoor. We call it tandoor. It's basically like ovens, but uh, handmade ovens. And uh, you can put inside like bread. You like just stick it to the walls in Siri. <laughs> you probably could see it in Italy. They uh, make pizza like using the same, like similar ovens, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, in those tandoors, they uh, make samsas. Samsa is basically dough with the meat and uh, fat inside. What else? Onion, I believe. But it's so juicy. It's so delicious. And you you can find so many different variations of samsa in Uzbekistan. Some of them, they literally come at the size of the bowl and you have to eat it with a spoon it's like it's so good that, that sounds so yummy and yeah when i go there i'm gonna have all of this and you're gonna give me all the recommendations and it and it's all so cheap everything is so cheap uh, actually one more interesting thing that you can try in uzbekistan korean food but korean food is not uh, Korean food as what you can try in South Korea. It's Korean food from Korean people who are based in Uzbekistan, basically. Wow, really? It's like, yeah, yes. Their salads, everything's so different. And it's probably the same idea as uh, Chinese cuisine and American Chinese cuisine, <laughs> which is different. And it, it, it is, it's its yes. own, like, Fusion, right? So the Uzbek with right, the Korean right. together. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. I need it's to try like all. It's really famous there. Yeah. Thank you for that. So you, thank you for making me hungry. <laughs> Jeez. So, <laughs> what would you say is the like the primary meat in Uzbekistan? Is it like what? What's the most popular meat? Like the animal? Uh, I would say uh, it's two type of meat. Uh, Lamb and beef. Lamb and beef. Okay. I love yes. lamb. Oh my God. Lamb is, because turkey, so much lamb, eating a ton of yeah. lamb. Um, okay. Yes. And in Uzbekistan, I think lamb is such a common meat because uh, people know how to actually work with lamb, how to cook it. Because lamb actually has a very specific smell. And if you don't know how to properly cook it, it might be quite gross. <laughs> yes, because when I was younger, I hated lamb because my grandfather would make, I think it's from England or something, lamb and eggs. And it has that smell, like you said, and that taste. And I remember right. I hated lamb. But until... You know, going to Turkey or Greece and, you know, like Korea with the, the uh, so the lamb dishes, it's what you're saying. It, how they cook it changes it because lamb can smell like trash. Yeah, it, it, right. it can smell like sometimes it can be really uneatable. But Seriously. You, yeah. You have to know how to make it. And they do so it in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan is, 
yeah, it's Uzbekistan is really good with it. We also have lots of spices for like specifically lamb dishes or beef dishes, like even beef. Like honestly, some dishes with lamb, they're just like so good that even beef cannot cannot compete with this. Hundred percent. I'm huge lamb man, so I agree. Hundred percent. So. Enough about food because we could talk all about yeah. the food and you're going to get me. Yeah. Well, last thing about Uzbekistan before we move, how would you describe Uzbek people? Because you said Korea, the culture, very different for you that, you know, love, hate right. relationship. What is Uz? I mean, of course, not to generalize, but to generalize, you know, like what is um, characteristics of Uzbek culture, friendly people, hospitality? Could you go into that? Uh, okay, I would say that Uzbek people generally are really warm, like super warm. They're very friendly and hospitable. And I think it also has a lot to do with uh, the geolocation, that the country itself is very warm and sunny, the same as in Turkey. Turkey is a very sunny country. So People, they are also always happy. They're always warm and friendly. They're very well. I, d I don't think that people will go to Uzbekistan and they might feel uncomfortable or something. Like, I cannot imagine such situation that because it's just, even when I was growing up, um, I remember in, in my district, the place where I grew up, like everyone basically knew each other. People were always like visiting each other. Community. Like, I yeah, community thing. I even remember when I was a kid, we like could not close the doors into our apartments. That's how people trusted to each other. So it's just, this is just like Uzbekistan is a wonderful country with like very open-hearted and warm people. That's how I want to describe it. Amazing. So I got to get to Uzbekistan ASAP and everyone listening. I mean, it sounds like an amazing country and you, you still need to explore more of your country. That's what you got to do. Yeah, yes. Because uh, as you know, it, it was a part of the Silk Road. Yeah, like, of course. A long time ago. So the interesting thing about it, whenever you will take tours or just travel by yourself, you can still see lots of things that are still in the same way, the way it was like a few hundred years ago or like a few thousand years ago. Uh, the best part about it, that they did not touch, uh, touch those uh, monuments or those it's not like castles but something similar to castles uh places where emirs sleep yes of course so this is uh this is like i think you can actually feel this energy you know this atmosphere oh, it's the appreciation and, for the the history and the culture preservation right yeah. right yeah so if anyone ever travels to Uzbekistan, I think it's a great place and uh, you can definitely visit. There are lots of mosques in Uzbekistan. There are lots of mosques, even though it's not the Muslim country, but we still, like, I think Islamic culture has a big influence, especially these days. So you can visit lots of mosques 
and they are really beautiful. Like especially in Tashkent, there is a really beautiful big blue mosque, <laughs> and uh, lots of mausoleums actually <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, I I love mosques. I think they're so beautiful, and every time I see one, because Turkey, there's a ton. It's like let's go get pictures there. Let's go to it, and every time the same feeling like i know this doesn't look so different than other mosques i don't care this is i love yeah i still want to see it exactly yeah. so thank you for all that amazing information and recommendations for uzbekistan so we don't have a ton of time left so i want to talk about kyrgyzstan so you went there so you lived there for five years correct yes okay and what brought you there uh, so my brother, he was studying there at university and uh, in Uzbekistan at the time when I was graduating, we had nine year education and then we had to go to college for another three years to get some major, some occupation. And then after graduating college, you can actually go to the university. So I, at that time, I already was graduating college and my brother just calls the same idea as with Korea. My brother told me, hey, do you want to come and see how you like it? Nice. And I was just, I was 15. I was already so, so bored in Andrija. I was like, okay, I'm ready. I need to explore the world. I need to see something else. So I went there and I fell in love. Bishkek has a special place in my heart. Okay, let's talk about it. So Bishkek is the capital of Kyrgyzstan, Yes, right? it's the capital of so Kyrgyzstan. what is there to do, see, eat in Bishkek? Tell me about this city that apparently you really love. Yes, I love it a lot. Bishkek is probably one of the greenest cities i've ever seen and i travel a lot but bishkek is it's really green and it basically has like a very very long boulevard that's called boulevard erkindy it's like a huge mini park that goes through like the whole downtown of the city and you can just walk there. You can just walk there for like hours. And it just feels so nice to be surrounded by trees. You can you can see squirrels there. And it's just amazing. Everyone is chilling, so relaxed. And especially in summer or spring when it's warm, you can walk along those boulevards and you can see people playing the guitars or like people, I don't know, playing Exophone or things like that. It's it. It's hard to explain this atmosphere. It's just like a miracle. Oh, that sounds so magical. So, what is it called again? Yeah, uh, Boulevard Air Candy. Okay, you have to go there. Yes, it's definitely yeah. It's like my. It was my favorite place in Bishkek. Also, there is a. Uh, Square, Aleto Square, which is the main uh, the main square of the city. You can see a White House there where the president and the government they work there. And yeah, it's like really close. I would probably say if you're going to Bishkek, it, 
you have to go to uh, the national park, which is probably, I believe, one or two hours from Bishkek. But um, what was it called? Alarka? Alarka? Yes, so it's one of the biggest national parks there. And the best part of that place is that you can go there any time of, of the year, if it's winter, summer, spring, or autumn, you can always find something to do there. You can just go there for a picnic or just like take pictures or just go for hiking. You can do like anything there. I think this is just a beautiful part about Kyrgyzstan. Uh, normally, as you know, whenever people travel somewhere, they like try to ask or find out what's the best time to travel to certain country. When it comes to Uzbekistan, I would say spring and autumn is probably the best time to travel there because it's not too hot or too cold. The weather is nice, but it's still warm. But in Kyrgyzstan, you can literally travel there any time of the year because it has everything. Whenever you go there, you will always find something to do. Even in winter, if you go to Kyrgyzstan in the winter, you can go. You can just like you know explore the city. There are just like so many things to do in summers, in winter, wherever. Yeah. So let me tell you this: you're gonna think I'm stupid. So last year we had a spring break, and it was during well, because in Turkey it was during a uh, Ramadan, Ramazan, and we we looked at different places to go and we just we we did like, like a wheel with different countries like oh where are we going to go we were going to go to bishkek but we read online like oh bishkek during ramadan and they said a lot of places would be closed and i'm thinking well why did we not go it's it's a, so much nature there you don't need people right and so it's so stupid we didn't go and then we went to egypt where they have Ramadan episodes. <laughs> and we look back on it. Egypt, Sharm el-Sheikh was amazing. But we think, like, I regret that. I really regret that. Because the flight from Istanbul to Bishkek was, was cheap. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't go. And pictures of Kyrgyzstan and the, the, the nature, everything. I was it so angry. fantastic. I didn't go. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Uh, honestly... Like Kyrgyzstan, it also has a big Islamic influence recently as well. But I wouldn't say that everything is closed. It's still a pretty progressive city and it's very multicultural. So uh, I I would not say, like, I would not agree with that. So yeah, I should have not Googled it because I read people's reviews. I should have asked you. That's my first mistake, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Okay. So, yeah. What would you say are some differences? Because they're neighbors, right? Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan. What are some differences that are, again, like I said before, I'm clearly in Kyrgyzstan and not in Uzbekistan. That there's, well, what are some big differences? Not to say that the two countries are the same because they're not, but what are some right. big differences? Okay. First of all, the differences are in history because uh, Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan. Uh, people of those countries historically they were nomads so they like constantly kept moving from the place to place which means 
I obviously not saying that they don't have a history or something because they do and their history is beautiful. But when it comes to Uzbekistan, just because historically it was uh, lots of things going on there, in Uzbekistan, you can always like feel the history, you can learn lots of things. It's just, you can basically dive like in a history 2000 years ago and you can see where people lived, what did they eat, what were they wearing. And you can walk there in those streets, those buildings, those some malls, and it's still there in the same condition as it was. Uh, when it comes to Kyrgyzstan, their nature is something that you probably will never ever see. This like some lakes in Kyrgyzstan is just so breathtaking, like such as Kultur. They're just like the water is so pure. It's it's blue. It's it's literally blue. It's like without filters or something. The nature is. Uh, I I'm not sure that you can find such thing in Uzbekistan. Like if you love hiking, if you love some activities in the nature, it's like Kyrgyzstan is the pla- the best place to go to visit. If you prefer to learn things, you love history, you love food, and um, just like I think Uzbek, uh, Uzbek culture is more colorful in this case, like in terms of food, in terms of just like historical places to visit historical sites. It, if you prefer this type of activities, it's better to go to Uzbekistan. But I think it's better to visit both. Of course, of course. You don't have to pick one, do them both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Kyrgyzstan, it's more for nature and active, active vacation. Uzbekistan, it's more for something for your soul, you know, food, history, museums, things like that. (laughs) I want to go to all the whole Central Asian region. Um, You have really confirmed my expectations of how beautiful and incredible this part of the world is so so thank you for that kazakhstan you should visit kazakhstan i know all about i know i need (laughs) you again on this podcast to talk about those countries too because you have so many experiences so we just have a few minutes left and i wanted to do a lightning round okay so okay (laughs) here are the rules a lot of people they hear the rules and then they 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 don't understand this I give you the question, you answer. I don't want you to think, oh, that's so hard. I don't <laughs> care. It's a lightning round, okay? So my first question, this is not so much a lightning round because you either know it or you don't. How many countries yeah. have you been to? Uh, 12 or 13. Okay. So we see that wasn't lightning because unless you know, you know. Okay. So out of those countries, what is the country with the best views? Everything considered, the cities, the nature, doesn't matter. Best views overall. Which country? Portugal. Portugal. Okay. And then what is the best view you've ever seen? It doesn't have to be Portugal. It can be anywhere in the world. That one place, the number one view. I would say probably Nusak Penida in 
Indonesia and Bali. In Bali. It should be neither. I know. I really want to. I've seen all that. Um, the country, I think you said this before, but the country with the best food, you said Uzbekistan? Uh, I love Uzbek food. It's very delicious. However, I'm a huge fan of uh, European food. So I would say Italy. Don't tell your Uzbek people, okay? They, don't let them yeah, don't, 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 don't say it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it secret. So the best dish you've ever had? Italy or not? Oh, best I'm, dish. Yeah, and the best dish. Oh, my God. Pizza. Sorry, I'm so basic. What about the country with the best like vibes just it's cool the people the the food everything considered just the best vibes okay like for me personally i think it was vietnam vietnam is so cool like food people they're like yeah everything loved it vietnam i want to go there so bad okay now what for you is the best airline you have used before? I feel like you've been on many. So what's the number one airline you've been on? Okay, that's actually will be really interesting for you. But I think it was Turkish Airlines. It is so good. Yeah, I have here, uh, you know, the eye masks. So it's the Turkish Turkish Airlines yeah. eye mask. Oh my and, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my, uh, my toiletry bag is my parents flew Turkish Airlines first class. So they got like yeah. the very nice. T- yeah, that's my bag in there. Love it. <laughs> yeah, do you? They have everything <laughs> there. They have like lip, uh, lip balm. They have socks. Like everything, everything you need. <laughs> it's a, it's an awesome airline. I I agree with that. Now, worst airline. Oh my god, worst airlines probably Ryanair. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're trash. They're absolutely trash. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you there. Okay. Now I have two oh, more. Oh wait, wait. Vietjet. Vietjet is even worse. Sorry. Vietjet's worse. worse than Ryanair? Yeah, it's worse. Or maybe the same level, but I just had some yeah, some bad experience. So yeah, Vietjet hater. Vietjet. Okay, okay. I've never flown them, so I don't know. But Ryanair does Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Anyone listening, don't take Vietjet. Okay. Yeah. So, two more questions. Your dream travel destination that you could go tomorrow. New place, money, time, doesn't matter. You can go there tomorrow. Um, Probably two places. Spain. (laughs) <laughs> because I've never been to Spain and I'm really fascinated with their culture and probably um, Switzerland and Sweden, three, <laughs> three countries. <laughs> Lightning round between yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I would, yeah, I've been to all three. Sweden, I need to go more, but Spain is like incredible. It's one of Barcelona, yeah. my favorite, favorite city. So, okay, last question. Do you have any travel goals? Not necessarily, I want to go to this country more. I want to go to this many before I'm 30, every country in Asia, the whole world. Do you have a goal? Uh, I just, I think for some people, it's probably something like really normal. For me, it will be something incredible. I just want to go on a three-month trip or it doesn't have to be three, just 
few months in a row of traveling because I've never done this. I went traveling for like an hour longest three weeks, four weeks, but it's always like I had this feeling, okay, I'm starting my vacation on this day. On this day, I have to be back, you know, and you always kind of cannot relax and fully enjoy your trip. And I just want to go on a trip without like having this end date, you know, in my head. It doesn't feel fully free. I I'm tell you from experience, I've done the backpacking and for months and it's just like what you said, you feel free and I know it's cliche, but it's some of the happiest I've ever been just that I don't have an end date. I'm traveling to travel and yeah, so you need to do yeah, that. And you can like, just like, you know, tomorrow you wake up, you feel like going to a different country and you just go in there, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's oof. Okay. So. Do you have any last words for our guests about travel, about anything, just any closing remark? Sure. I think I think traveling is great. And as cliche as it may sound, but I think everyone should travel. It's definitely a life-changing experience. It changed my life. And I think starting traveling, it was the best decision. I could ever make because it opens your your mindset like it opens your vision of people of culture so much like you just become so open-minded and so accepting towards other cultures and I don't know it's just the best thing that anyone could do today in their lives <laughs> so everyone should travel and if you don't travel start just please do it incredible thank you so much for that and where can people find you on social media instagram if they want to talk travel uzbekistan kyrgyzstan where can people find you sure uh most of the time you can find me on instagram and uh or on facebook and yeah. i use those two social platforms and yes i if anyone has any questions i would love to answer to help or give some advice like i'm all in for that well i will be posting that and yes yeah, so anyone please you know i believe it's so interesting has been many places i think your pictures are awesome because you've done so much thank travel you. and yeah so thank you so much for coming on this podcast yeah thanks for having me it's been amazing <laughs>